where we go, we go together. I grew up in the golden age of misfit ensemble movies. You know, the good ones. Movies with a group of misfits with nothing in common who only through some random set of circumstances found their way together. Movies like The Goonies with Mikey and Frank, Mouth, Chunk, Andy, Data, and Steph. A misfit ensemble if you'd ever seen one. All thrown together trying to escape from the Fratellis. All the while trying not to end up like Chester Copperpot. Remember him? And maybe, just maybe, make their way through all of the booby traps to One-Eyed Willie's treasure. Uh, or the Sandlot, right? Talk about nostalgia with Ham and Benny, Smalls, Squints, and yeah, yeah. Guys who played baseball together in the Sandlot. Nothing really in common except for their love for the game. But still coming together to defeat the Beast and retrieve the lost autographed Babe Ruth baseball. An ensemble of misfit characters coming together, learning about life, overcoming fears, and growing together as a team. Or Stand By Me, with Gordy and Vern and Chris and Teddy. Boys from vastly different home lives. Lives that span the domestic, familial, and economic spectrum. Knowing little of each other in their stories, but coming together to learn about one another. And, and how different their worlds were from their own. An ensemble of misfit characters growing together on an adventure to find a dead body along the railroad tracks or the breakfast club. Perhaps the most misfit ensemble of any misfit ensemble, right? With Bender and Claire and Andrew, Allison and Brian. Nothing in common. Absolutely nothing. But they opened up to one another. And like Stand By Me, they listened to each other's stories. They were able to appreciate their diversity of experience and in turn learned more about who they were and about who they truly are and the true meaning of friendship and relationship. And perhaps my favorite one of them all, Star Trek. Yeah, Star Trek. Don't at me. Every one of these movies helped to formulate my understanding of the world and human interaction, that, that it really could be possible for people from different backgrounds and a diversity of experience with different ideas about life from stories that span the spectrum of experience and upbringing and economic status, people from different races, ethnicities, ideologies, species, come on, Star Trek? could all come together and knock down the barriers that separated them. That it was possible for them to find commonality, find universe, unity in diversity, and, and come together. And maybe, just maybe, they could make a real difference. In fact, Star Trek, I know, I know, but stick with me for a moment. Every single one of the original Star Trek movies is all about a group of diverse people with nothing in common, overcoming themselves, their differences, their prejudices, their barriers, and coming together to save the world from a, a deformed understanding of humanity, to save the world and the human race from humanity. The only other place I've ever seen this story arc, the only other place I've seen this understanding of human unity and diversity, of coming together to affect change like this, is in Scripture in the stories of the church. 
two master depictions of the human condition told in subversive and profound ways, Star Trek and Scripture. I know, I know. Now, if you've been following along in this series, The Art of Loving, we've been walking through the letter to the Ephesians where Paul has laid out pretty clearly that together the church, this ensemble of misfit characters, transcends every barrier imposed by family, class, culture, race, ethnicity. It doesn't wipe it away, whitewashing the stories of others, but rather it honors them, creating a beautiful patchwork quilt of unity and diversity. This is actually the goal of United. This is a group of people who shatter barriers with Jesus in common, who commit to regularly pray as Jesus taught, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, in Seattle as it is in heaven. And together, the potential, they have the potential to change the world around them. And this, this is even greater than the Goonies or the Breakfast Club and, yes, even better than Star Trek. But this doesn't just happen. Paul commends us that this new way of being together, this new ensemble of misfit characters, this new community is because of Jesus, because of his grace. This is what brings us together. And together we extend that radical, revolutionary, uncomfortable grace to all. This is the centering force of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. The centering force of Jesus' love for everyone that allows us this tremendous grace, this tremendous possibility of tearing down the barriers that seek to separate and destroy our humanity. And in the process creates an extended spiritual family, the likes of which has never been seen before. A, a true church, my friend Mike Frost writes, a, a true church, the physical embodiment of Christ here on earth, should transcend every barrier imposed by family, class, or culture. The community of believers should not be about winning people like themselves to themselves. It should be about sharing the good news that Jesus first shattered the barriers that divide the human race and then created a new community. This is exactly what Paul is writing about in Ephesians. And this, this requires work. It requires intentionality. It requires a focus that cannot be accomplished in one hour on a Sunday morning. Which is why we've said repeatedly that being the church is about more than a commitment to a time slot on Sundays. It's a commitment to Jesus and to one another, a people sent out together into the city we love. But herein lies the problem. Too many people think of church as an event rather than a community. They attend the church they think best meet their needs, but those expectations often fall flat. And, and when they feel disappointed by the commodity, yes, commodity, not community, they jump ship and look for a new place to consume. And I'm sure you've noticed this is so much easier now. You don't even need to drive somewhere else or navigate public transit or say goodbye. Ghosting? just got a whole lot easier in quarantine. You only have to scroll on to the next worship service in your Facebook feed or find the next church on YouTube. 
If there's anything that has been reinforced for me during this season of quarantine, and honestly, I hope has been reinforced to you as well, that in order to be the church, we have to do more than this. We have to be more than this because let's face it, this, this isn't working for a lot of us. It's too passive. And after 22 weeks of online church, with more than likely another 22 weeks to go at least, we can no longer be this passive. We can't coast through the rest of this quarantine and come out spiritually, emotionally, relationally, or mentally healthy on the other side. We cannot coast through this life for a year alone. And sure, it's not like this is all we've done. In, in this season as a community, I've been absolutely floored by your generosity, by how you have loved our community well. And, and believe me, it hasn't gone unnoticed by our neighbors. They've seen how you loved the businesses in our neighborhood well through the nearly 20 weeks of the Adopt-A-Restaurant initiative. How you've loved the down and out at Safe Harbor and buying bags of groceries for the Queen Anne helpline that go to support individuals and families in need in our neighborhood. How you've contacted our city council members, the mayor, the police chief, our, our governor and state representatives, even our congresspeople and senators, and fought for the rights of the disenfranchised and oppressed. How you've worked to get trained in nonviolent resistance, to fight for our neighbors facing systemic injustices in our city. All of this out of a deep and abiding love to tear down the systemic barriers that work 24 seven to separate us from one another. I am so proud of how we're leaning into both mercy and justice as a church. But we're really beginning to intentionally do the work of listening, of asking the questions of the circle. What is God saying to you? What are you gonna do about it? It's impacting the ways in which we are caring for our neighbors, but it's also affecting how we care for one another. I've been so encouraged by how you've checked in and taken care of one another in this season, how you've sent care packages and texts of encouragement, how you've shown up for each other in moments of loss and grief, and how you've been as present as possible despite the circumstances. These are the things that make a church. These are the things that show the world who Jesus is. This is the way of life that Jesus spoke of and that Paul reiterated in his letter to the Ephesians. This is what it means to follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Intentional sacrifice. This is the way of love. And we want to do more of this because this is who we are and this is who we have been called to be as a people. We want to lean into this. We want to create more of this. We want to be more of this. And so we, this ensemble of misfit characters, are heading into a new season as a church. We're going to be way more intentional about what we use this Sunday space for, what we 
use this time slot for? Paul in Ephesians 4 said that what must happen is that the body of Christ must be equipped for works of service so that together we may foolishly try what others claim cannot be done. And so we're going to be making some changes to this time slot. We're going to be more intentional about using it as an equipping space, a space to provide you with tools, tools to help you not coast, tools that will help you move forward and into the future, but also tools that will build you up in the faith and knowledge of Jesus. You may have noticed that we've been taking this turn already for the past eight weeks. Our Try This at Home series was our first intentional step towards this. And we've gotten some really great feedback from you all about how valuable that series was, how you've been using those spiritual practices to connect with God in a more intentional way. And throughout this series, we've been trying a different tact. If you've noticed, every week Trevor has been teaching us about the circle a tool designed to help us listen better to the voice of God in the moments in which he speaks to us throughout the day. We really do believe that God is still speaking, calling out to us, revealing to us the better way of love. In the everyday moments of our lives, through his spirit, the circle helps us discover what God is saying to us. In fact, on Tuesday, Trevor and I are going to dive deeper into it in our own personal journeys and struggles with the circle at 4 p.m. on Facebook Live. It's simply another way we're working to create more opportunities for equipping you with the tools necessary for the journey ahead. You see, our heart's desire is to intentionally equip you well in the ways of love so that the world around us can see the love of Jesus made visible. What we've been doing in this space is just the tip of the iceberg of what we're capable of. And I truly believe that. I, I, I truly believe that together we can show the ever-present invisible love of Jesus made tangible to a watching world. Because in the words of the Anglican bishop for, from Uganda, love is a language anyone can understand. And that love, rightly practiced, can change hearts, minds, lives, systems, and structures. Six years ago, when we set out to start this now two-year-old church, this was our dream. This was our vision. To unleash an ensemble of misfit characters into neighborhoods all around this city that would embody an ethic of love centered around the ways of Jesus that could truly change hearts, minds, lives, systems, and structures. A people who believe in accomplishing what no one says is possible, who do the unimaginable together as one body in one faith because of our one hope and our one love, Jesus. Where we go, we go together. And together, Together, we'll show our community the visible and tangible love of Jesus like never before. And now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, 
forever and ever. Amen.